Uh, my name is Carol Hogan, and my husband Ed is back on the sound equipment uh, this, today. And we have been coming to Northwest since uh, October, maybe September of 2018. We moved down here from upstate New York. And we are working to be salt and light for the kingdom in our neighborhood, uh, Woodhall. And if you haven't signed up on, the, on that large poster, um, there are pens right there so you can add where you're working on being salt and light in your neighborhood or whatever area God is calling you to. And we're also working on it in our family, um, especially two very cute little grandsons. Uh, today's reading is coming from Isaiah chapter 8, verses 11 through 15, and I'll give you a little bit of time to find that. It's a couple books after Psalms. For the Lord spoke thus to me with his strong hand upon me and warned me not to walk in the way of this people, saying, do not call conspiracy all that this people calls conspiracy, and do not fear what they fear. Not be in dread, but the Lord of hosts, him you shall honor as holy. Let him be your fear, and let him be your dread. And he will become a sanctuary and a stone of offense and a rock of stumbling to both houses of Israel, a trap and a snare to the inhabitants of Jerusalem. And many shall stumble on it. They shall fall and be broken. They shall be snared and taken. Thanks, Carol. Well, I think I have talked to you guys before about my fear of flying, have I? So uh, I'm afraid of flying, and some of you might know that Lindsay and I, we were missionaries in China for 13 years, and so we had to fly a lot, and we had to do a lot of international flights, we had to do a lot of local flights, going from one place to another for a ministry project or a meeting or something like that. And there were so many times when, I mean, there's so many experiences I had as I kind of developed this fear of flying the more we flew. I, I just remember being, being on the plane, and maybe you've experienced this too, or you've experienced this with a different type of a fear. You're on the plane, and then all of a sudden it just, it just shakes. And then, you know, my heart starts racing, and my palms start sweating, and, and, and you know, kind of white knuckle gripping the, the, uh, the, the armrests. And, and, you know, honestly, sometimes it wasn't even, the worst part wasn't even when I was on the plane. Sometimes the worst part was the anticipation to get on a plane, where sometimes I would know, um, okay, you know, in three weeks I'm gonna get on this flight and I'll have to be in the air in this, in this long metal tube, you know, 30,000 feet above the ground um, for, for several hours. And, you know, it, it's like this thing that I dreaded was coming closer and closer and closer. It was constantly kind of weighing on me and was constantly kind of this, this cloud over me. Well, today we're going to talk about fear, and you can go ahead and go to the next slide. We're talking about fear, and here's, here's where we're going. You know, a couple weeks ago, Brian Cross, uh, as we were kicking off our series on Proverbs this summer, Brian Cross made a very powerful statement, which is from Proverbs 9, verse 10, which is that the key to wisdom, the key to understanding, 
how to live well in this crazy complex world that we live in is fear. Proverbs 9 verse 10 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And today we're gonna talk about three things. The first point we're gonna look at, and you can write these down and follow along if you like. The first thing we're gonna look at is, if you live in fear of anything besides the Lord, then it will lead you to sin. Second of all, if you fear the Lord, then you will become fearless. And then finally, we're gonna look at some really practical steps, some really practical practices that you and I and we can implement in our lives on a daily basis to, to fight against the fears, whether it's fear of flying or whether it's a different type of, of a fear. Well, so let's start with number one. So if you live in fear, if you live in fear of anything besides the Lord, then that will lead you to sin. Well, let me tell you some of the context of the passage that, uh, that Carol just read. So in the context, the kingdom of Judah, so God's, God's chosen people, the, the kingdom of Judah, and Judah and then with the king being in, in Jerusalem, they're under attack. And there's this very powerful pagan army that's it's bearing down on them. This is about 735 BC. Okay, there's this very powerful pagan army that's bearing down on, on Jerusalem. And the people are scared. The people are scared, and understandably, I mean, you know, it's a little bit different today. Uh, we have kind of, we have cold wars, or we have, have drones, or we have stuff like that. But, but back then, you know, basically one of two things would happen. If a, an enemy army is, is marching on your city, you're either gonna, they're either gonna defeat you, you're gonna kind of open your gates, and then they can kind of, they can rape, and they can pillage, and they can destroy, and they can kind of do any manner of whatever they want to do. They can just destroy your, your city, which is terrifying. Or if you close your gates and if you fight, then they're going to put your city under siege, where they're just going to block off all of your supplies, all of your water, all of your resources, and then you're just going to slowly starve and, and die of, of thirst. So either way, that's a, that's a pretty terrifying circumstance, isn't it? Well, at this time, Isaiah was a prophet of the Lord. And what Carol just read in Isaiah 8, 11 through 15 is actually a personal word that God gives to Isaiah as he's in Jerusalem watching everybody around him freak out and himself probably being really afraid too, wondering what are we going to do as this enemy army that's so much more powerful than, than the, the, the Judean army bears down on the city. Okay, and the advice that God gives, that God gives Isaiah is don't be afraid. And this is the advice that God gives the people too. He says, don't be afraid. This enemy army that's coming, don't be afraid of this enemy army. Instead, trust and wait on the Lord. And remember, like we said, if you live in fear of anything, whether it's flying, whether it's an, an enemy, whatever it is, if you live in fear of anything besides the Lord, it'll lead you to sin. And that's exactly what happens for the people in, in Jerusalem. See, they were so afraid of this enemy army that's coming and invading that God is saying, wait, seek me, don't freak out. 
I'm going to protect you. I know you don't know what's going to happen. I know you don't know how this is going to work out, but I promise I'm going to take care of you. But they were so afraid that that wasn't good enough for them. And so what they started to do, they started to do two things that were sinful, that were against God's command. First of all, they start, they start dabbling in the occult. They start um, consulting. If you read further down in verse 16 and following, you, you'll see that they, they start consulting mediums and necromancers, and they start talking to, 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 to ghosts, and they start talking to evil spirits, trying to get some type, grasping for some type of spiritual power or wisdom that's going to take care of them. The second thing that they do this is ultimately what gets them in trouble in this scenario, is there's this pagan army that's invading, and to protect themselves from that pagan army, they actually go and make an alliance with a different pagan army, okay? And so God had told them, I want you to be a sovereign people. I want you to be my chosen people, the city on a hill that shows the whole world what I'm like. I don't want you to make alliances with other nations. And so because they were so afraid of this invading army, they disobey God, they sin by consulting these mediums and necromancers and also by making an alliance that God had forbid them to make. So if you live in fear of anything besides the Lord, it will lead you to sin. So think about this for a second. In John chapter 12, there's this really interesting passage where Jesus is preaching and it says that there were many people that believed in him. There were many people that believed in him. But here's the deal. At the time, the Pharisees were so against Jesus that they had said, anybody who starts following Jesus, anybody who declares themselves a disciple of Jesus, who says that they believe Jesus is the Messiah, we're going to kick him out of the temple. We're going to kick him out of the synagogue. You are excommunicated. You're no longer welcome to fellowship with us here in this community of, of, Jew, of, of Jewish people. And so that's what the Pharisees had said. And so in John 12, John tells us that there were people, even some of the religious leaders, that heard Jesus and they believed that he was the Christ, that he was the Messiah. But they didn't follow him. You know why? Because they were afraid. They were afraid of being kicked out of the synagogue. Now, is that scary to get kicked out of the synagogue? Yeah. But that led them to sin by rejecting the Messiah instead of accepting him and following him. I think about for myself too, you know, when I was in China, um, there were times when my fear of flying was so, it affected me so much that I really, I literally would think, man, I mean, it'd be really nice if I had a job where I didn't have to fly so much. And living overseas, we kind of have this, you had this sense of that, okay, to, to get back to my parents, it's gonna take a 12-hour flight, Right, so you're living, you're living knowing that to get back to your family, you're gonna have to take multiple flights to get there. So there's this constant sense of unrest. this constant sense of not being at ease. And there were times when I thought, I don't know if I wanna do this anymore. It's just so taxing. Or there were times too where I would, I found myself subconsciously saying yes to this ministry project and no to this ministry project because this one's in the city that I live in and this one I have to get on a plane to go to, okay? And so think about that. I'm actually, you know, God had, had told me, he called me to share the gospel with these people in China. And here I'm considering disobeying God because I was living in fear 
of, of, of flying, of this thing that I was afraid of. So that's the first point. If you live in fear of anything besides the Lord, it will lead you to sin. But number two, if you fear the Lord, then you will be fearless. If you fear the Lord, then you will be fearless. Look at what he says here. He says, do not call conspiracy what this people calls conspiracy. They were looking over their shoulder that they were, you know, they'd hear a door slam and they'd jump, like, oh gosh, the army's here. You know, that they, they were finding enemies under every nook and cranny. You know, that they were, they were paranoid, they were nervous. He says, do not call conspiracy all that this people calls conspiracy and do not fear what they fear, nor be in dread. So all the people around Isaiah are freaking out and understandably so. They're about to either starve or, or, or be, be brutally killed. He says, do not fear what they fear. But look carefully what he says in verse 13. He doesn't say, hey, lighten up, Isaiah. Hakuna Matata. There's nothing to fear but fear itself. Your problem is that you just stress out too easily. That's not what he says, is it? He says, oh, yeah, you should, you should be afraid. But your problem is that you're afraid of the wrong thing. In verse 13, he says, but the Lord of hosts... And by the way, this doesn't mean the Lord who's in charge of the servers at Applebee's. Host is referring to an army. The Lord who leads the armies, the angelic armies of heaven. Him you shall honor as holy. Okay? What else? Let him be your fear. Don't fear what they fear. Fear him instead. Let him be your dread. All right, so in Matthew chapter 10, Jesus is teaching and he's, he's, um, he's getting ready to send out his 12 disciples to go preach. And what he tells them is very sobering. He says, hey, you're gonna go out and you're gonna teach and you're gonna preach and people are gonna hate you. People are gonna persecute you. People are gonna get mad at you. People are gonna physically assault you. They're gonna say bad things about you. But this is what he says in Matthew 10, 28. He says, do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Don't be afraid of them. All they can do is kill you and ruin your reputation and take away everything you have. That's not scary. <laughs> Don't be afraid of those who can only kill the body, but can't kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. And by the way, that's, he's not talking about Satan. Hell is not Satan's dominion, it's God's dominion where he punishes Satan. He says, don't be afraid of these people who, all they can do is kill you, be afraid of God. And what, God is inviting Isaiah to do, and what he's inviting us to do is to come to the realization God is the Lord of armies. He is in charge. He is in control. He's all-powerful. And one day, I'm gonna have to stand before him and give an account for the way I live my life. This all-powerful, holy being, one day I'm gonna stand before him and have to give an account to him about the decisions I made, the planes I got on or didn't get on, 
the, the places I went, the things I did, and the things that, that I said. And that's a lot scarier than turbulence. That's even a lot scarier than an invading army, right? But look at what else it says. It's not talking about, okay, just, you know, you, you, should be, you should just be shaking in your boots all the time, just completely afraid of God, never praying. That's not what he's talking about. Look at what he says in verse, um, in verse 14. He says, the Lord of hosts, him you shall fear. He will be your dread, and he will become a sanctuary. He will become a sanctuary and a stone of offense and a rock of stumbling to both houses of Israel. So what he's saying here is, if you were God's enemy, you should be terrified of God. Because he's not just the God who can destroy the body, he can destroy the soul in hell. Okay, you, sh you should be terrified of God if you're his enemy. If that's the case for you, then he's a rock of stumbling. You trip, he trips you up and, and, and you get hurt. But if you're God's friend, if you're his child, then this powerful, scary God, he becomes a sanctuary. A sanctuary is a place when you're in danger that you can run for safety. Think about a bird sanctuary where, you know, birds are, bir birds are in the bird sanctuary because it's a dangerous world out there and there's hunters and there's hawks and there's, you know, like cars and, and, and whatever. But this is the bird sanctuary where, where they're safe, right? He will be your sanctuary. Well, what's this talking about? Well, this is a little bit counterintuitive, but, but listen to this. When you start becoming more afraid of God than you do your circumstances, two very incredible things happen. First of all, first of all, you stop being afraid of lesser threats. All those other things that you're afraid of, all those other worries that you have, those things you're afraid are gonna happen, compared to standing before a holy God and giving an account for your life before him, that's not quite as big a deal anymore. I remember for me in China, the more I thought about this, the more I prayed about this, I realized, do I really want to stand before God one day and God say, well, Ryan, I, I told you to, to go share the gospel with these people in China and say, well, God, you know, I mean, I just, I, I just used to get these sweaty palms on planes, and, and I mean, uh, I'm sure you can understand. And God's like, so, so you were, you, you disobey me because of sweaty palms on planes and, and racing heart rate and stuff like that? That's not a conversation I wanted to have. And the more I thought about that, the, the more I started being concerned and quote unquote afraid of what God would say, the more Turbulence or even a plane crash just didn't seem like quite as big of a deal anymore. That's the first thing that happens is you, you stop being afraid of lesser threats. The second thing that happens as you draw near to this holy God, you realize that this scary God, he isn't fighting against you, he's fighting for you. He's not using his power to destroy you, but he's using his power to protect you. And this passage that I just read in Matthew 10, where Jesus says, don't fear the ones that can only harm the body but can't harm the soul. Uh, if you continue in that verse, in, in, the next, in, the next, uh, in that chapter, in the next verse, he says, are not two sparrows sold for a penny? 
and not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father, but even the hairs on your head are numbered. Fear not, therefore, for you are of more value than many sparrows. In John, in 1 John 4, 18, it says, there is no fear in love. There's no fear in love. Once we understand the love of God, there's no fear there. It's not a place of fear, it's a place of safety. There's no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Well, why? Fear has to do with punishment, John says. Fear has to do with, oh my gosh, I'm gonna stand before a holy God and I'm a sinner and he's gonna judge me and he's gonna punish me as my sins deserve. That's fear. Fear has to do with judgment but the, and the one who fears has not been perfected in love. So once you start to understand that this scary holy God, he has made a way by the blood of Jesus for you to be forgiven, for you to be reconciled, for you to be his friend and his son or his daughter instead of his enemy, then all of a sudden that scary God becomes a place of refuge for you. He becomes, his power doesn't make you afraid. His sovereignty doesn't make you afraid. It makes you feel safe. You know, some people, I think today would ask, why does God have to be scary? Why does God have to be scary? Isn't this just why today so many people, so many people are leaving their faith because, you know, God's, God's scary and, and, and we, don't, we don't like that? Well, Here's, I think, where the rubber meets the road. So there's so many people today, and maybe you're one of them, and I've been one of them before too, that are just paralyzed by fear. Are just paralyzed by fear. And we want God to help us feel safe. But it doesn't work. We hope that our faith, when we face these different fears, is gonna make us feel safe, but it doesn't work. And we're still just constantly paralyzed by fear. I think that the reason that that might be the case, maybe for you and maybe for some people, is that we love all the passages in the Bible that talk about God's empathy, God's compassion, God being near to the brokenhearted. We love those passages. And we should. But we're really uncomfortable when we hear the Bible talking about Jesus being the, the warrior king who defeats his enemies, who slays his enemies and protects his people. It's like, you know, the Bible describes Jesus as he's the lion and he's the lamb, right? And it's like, we only want the lamb. We don't want the lion, we only want the lamb. And the problem is, when the you know what really starts to hit the fan, when that thing that you're worried about, that you're scared of, uh, looks like it might happen, the lamb isn't what you need. You need the lion. Only a God who is powerful enough to scare you if you are his enemy is powerful enough to make you feel safe if you are his child. Think about this for a second. Imagine you're alone in a dark alley, okay? And you, you hear these kind of ominous footsteps. Oh, there's somebody behind me. You hear these ominous footsteps behind you and your heart starts racing and you feel afraid. 
If you could snap your fingers in that moment and magically transport one person to be with you in that moment, I'll give you two choices. Would you rather have me or would you rather have my, t- my two-year-old daughter, Rose? What would you choose? Rose is a lot cuter than me. Rose is just this little ball of sunshine. She's, I mean, she's a lot smiler than I am. I, I can be, you know, I can, I, I'm capable of, you know, if, if, I, if, if Rose and I both were really trying to hurt you, I could probably do more damage than Rose could. But in that dark alley when the threat's coming, you don't need the lamb, you need the lion, right? Well, what about you? What are some things that you're afraid of? What are some things that maybe even as I've been speaking or in the past couple weeks as you've thought about these things or experienced these things that make your heart beat a little bit faster, that make you kind of break out in the cold sweat, that make you say, I don't know if I can do that, that kind of make your stomach have knots in it? What are some things that you're afraid of? You know, I was reading this past week an article, it was a study that was talking about, it was a survey done in 2021 in the United States about things that Americans are afraid of. And it listed the top fears that Americans have. And it's interesting, at the top of the list were not things like spiders and, you know, elevators and even flying, it wasn't stuff like that, the things we kind of typically think of as the phobias, although those are, those are very real. But so many of the things that people were most afraid of were social issues. Government corruption was number one. There were a lot that had to do with concerning cultural trends that people saw. Wokeism. Trumpism, or certain groups people were afraid of. You know, BLM, the Proud Boys, white supremacists, whatever the case may be, cultural Marxism, Antifa. There were so many people that that's what they listed as the things that they were mainly afraid of. There were also some personal tragedies on that list, losing a loved one, okay? Running out of money feeling like a failure, feeling like you're missing out. And then I think for us as Christians, too, there's spiritual things. We can be afraid of things like, well, what if my loved ones, what if my kids, or what if my, my parents, or what if my, my friends, or my brothers and sisters, what if, they, what if they don't follow Jesus? What if they're lost and, and they don't follow Jesus? What is it for you that you're afraid of. I remember we said, if you live in fear of anything other than the Lord, that fear will lead you to sin. How are your fears leading you to sin? How are your fears pushing you to disobey God and to do things that he doesn't approve of? Let me give you a, a few examples um, what this could look like. Think about the, the middle-aged parent who's afraid of not having enough money, and so afraid of not having enough money that instead of living in joy and thanksgiving 
and cheerful generosity is just stingy and anxious all the time. Think about a person who's so afraid that their family member might not be saved that whenever they're around that family member, they're just walking on eggshells. And even so afraid that they're too scared to even talk to that person about their faith at all because I don't wanna push them away and then it'll be my fault. What about the person who grew up in church but is so afraid of hell that she refuses to believe God's promises that he's saved us and forgiven us? What about the high-achieving professional who's so afraid of not succeeding in their career field that they neglect their family, they neglect their relationship with God, and they never make time to rest. What about being so afraid of wokeism or Trumpism or some other ism that instead of being a peacemaker, we're just always angry. We're always lashing out in anger. Or we, we split hairs and break fellowship with our brothers and sisters in Christ over non-essential issues. What about the young person who experiences same-sex attraction and is so afraid of missing out on romantic fulfillment or sexual fulfillment that they enter into a same-sex romantic relationship? What about the husband or the wife that's so afraid of facing their past that they don't move towards their spouse? What about being so afraid of getting sick? What about being so afraid of, of dying, whether it's COVID or whether it's something else, that you neglect fellowshipping with your brothers and sisters? What about the pastor who's so afraid that he's gonna offend people that he just tries to give nice sermons instead of risking making people mad? Now, you might hear this and you might think, but Ryan, these are, these are some serious issues. There's a lot of concerning trends in our culture. There's a lot of dangerous groups in our culture. There's a lot of threats in our culture. Aren't you concerned about those? I would say absolutely, 100%. We should be concerned. But there's a difference between being concerned and then being in dread and being terrified about something, right? Am I concerned about my Daughters being taught radical gender ideology, yes. But I'm terrified of the idea of one day standing before a holy God and him saying to me, I never knew you. Am I concerned about my family having enough money? Absolutely. I should be. I would be wrong not to be but I'm terrified of one day standing before God and finding out nothing I did in my life was of eternal value. And what you'll find is these things that are concerning, that really are concerning, 
once we no longer live in dread of those things, if we live in dread of those things, we'll handle them in a sinful way. But if instead we fear the Lord, he doesn't say, oh, that's not a problem anymore. Instead, he gives us the freedom and the wisdom and the clarity to know how to deal with these things in a Christ-like way, not in a destructive or, or a divisive way, okay? Well, finally, I wanna spend a couple minutes just talking about what does it look like for you and for me to fight these fears on a daily basis? Well, I think the first thing that this could look like is being in a regular habit of confession. You know, maybe you've heard what I've been talking about today, and maybe there's something you're afraid of right now. And you can see how this fear has been leading you to do things that God tells you not to do or to not do things that God tells you that you should do. And maybe for you it looks like taking a moment just to confess, not in like a, oh, God's gonna hate me now way, but God, this is, this is something in my life I need you to take away. I give this to you. Please, thank you for forgiving me. Please give me power to fear you more than I do these different things in my life. And, and another one too, go ahead to the next slide. You know, I've talked to you about before about these, um, these fighter verses, right? So this is one that was very precious to me when I was terrified of flying in China. This is 2 Timothy 1.7. It says, God has not given us the spirit of fear but of power and love and a sound mind. God's not giving you a spirit of fear. God, God doesn't make you afraid. He makes you powerful, he makes you loving, and he gives you a healthy, clear-thinking mind. And I think sometimes the problem is, and maybe this is the case for you, I think some of us have just gotten too used to living in fear. Maybe you just accepted, well, this is just the way life is. I'm just gonna be anxious and, and, and live in dread and, and never have peace. It's impossible. And you just accept that that's a normal part of your life. But God has not given us a spirit of fear. And I think maybe for you, what a step would be, stop treating your fears with kid gloves. Stop treating your fears like they're your friends, like they're gonna make you better. They won't, right? And instead, when that fear starts to bubble up in your heart, Take this verse, memorize this verse, and quote this verse. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but one of power, one of love, and of a sound mind. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Maybe for you, if you're kind of in the grips of a fear right now, maybe, you're, maybe you need to quote that to yourself 100 times a day. Okay, go to the next slide. This is a prayer that I got from one of Neil Anderson's books, called Overcoming Fear and Anxiety, which I would highly recommend all of his books. He talks about spiritual warfare. And this is a prayer that he recommended praying when you feel afraid. And so this was, you know, I think eight years ago, six, seven, eight years ago, when we were in China, there were times, so I had this, and Lindsay can tell you this, I had this written on, on, a, on a note card I had this written down on a note card that I kept in my wallet. And every time I would feel afraid, I would get this out and I would just read it. And, and there would be times when we'd be in the airport and I'm just kind of pacing back and forth and everybody probably thinks I'm really weird. And I'm just saying this to myself over and over and over and over and over again. Now, I reject all fear in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power 
and of love and of a sound mind. Therefore, I choose to walk in the light of God's love, to rely on the power of the Holy Spirit, and to think with the sound mind of Christ. Maybe for you, you need to, you need to I can send this out later, maybe you need to write this down, screenshot it, and, and maybe for you, you need to be reading this and reciting this 100 times a day. And we do this with our kids too. You know, so many times when our kids are afraid of something, afraid of the dark or, or, or whatever, we say, oh, there's no big deal. There, there's nothing scary. But instead, we should be teaching our kids that they're safe, not because of mommy and daddy. They're safe because of God. You know, this is one thing that Lindsay and I do with our daughters a lot. When our daughters are afraid, whether it's about a social situation or whether it's about um, afraid of the dark or, or, or whatever it is, we'll teach them to say a, a simpler version of this prayer. We'll just tell them to say, go away, fear. Jesus is with me. Go away, fear. Jesus is with me. And it's amazing to see their, their little eyes go from being like, I don't want to say it, I don't want to say it. And then they're, go away, fear. Jesus is with me. And just like a, like a dog that comes up and barks, and, and you're so scared of the dog, and you say, go away. And you, that's the way fear is. If we stand up to it, if we fight it with the sword of the spirit, then, then the enemy flees from us. I want to close with this. I think this is a really good illustration to what we're, talking about today, how the fear of the Lord casts out all of our other fears and allows us to be fearless. Many of you have heard, have uh, read the book, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe by C.S. Lewis, right? And there's this scene in there where the, the main characters, they're on their way, they're in this, you know, this magical, fantastical world that is being ruled by this really evil witch. And they're endangered, they're, they're, chased, they're being chased, they're running for their lives. And they're talking to, animals talk in the story, so, you know. So they're talking to this beaver. Um, the beaver's their, their friend, and the beaver says, well, things are gonna be okay when Aslan comes. Now, Aslan is the king, and he's a lion. And he says, things are gonna be okay when Aslan comes. Things are gonna be okay. And one of the little girls she kind of gets taken aback and she says, but, but he, he's a lion, isn't he? Is he safe? And, and the beaver surprised and he looks at her and says, safe? Who said anything about safe? Weren't you listening? He's a lion. No, he's not safe. He has fangs and claws and rawr and all that stuff. No, he's not safe, but he's good. Let him be your fear. The lion of the tribe of Judah, let him be your fear. Let him be your dread, and he will become your sanctuary. Let me pray for us. God, thank you so much for your love, Thank you for giving us a way through Jesus to be your friends, to come and run in and hide in your sanctuary. We love you, Jesus. I pray for my brothers and sisters here, for anybody struggling with any particular fear. I pray that you would empower them to fight that fear and the power of the Holy Spirit with the word of God. Give us joy, give us peace. I pray this in Jesus' name, amen.